0: God's Word is His weapon for revival and transformation of lives for His glory. Prepare your heart as you receive the Word of God coming to you from Calvary Way Revival Labels. For inquiries and counsel, you can send an email to Revival Labels at gmail.com or call 08065607999. God bless you as you listen and obey. I we worship you. We give you a praise. Thank you for the privilege. Thank you for what you are doing. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you for what you are yet to do. We bless you this evening for gathering us again. So that you can further your work in our life. We have come with excitement unto you. And we believe that you will visit every one of us today. We ask that you release your word. To enter into us as light, and that every darkness must go. In the name of Jesus Christ, thank you, Father, and blessed be Your name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Please let's be seated. Hallelujah. We started looking at a very important uh, topic last um, Sunday: keys to activating divine blessings, we saw that we have been blessed with every blessing in the heavenly places. All the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places has been given to us by God in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. But some of us, and for some of us believers, those blessings are not actively working in our life they are not manifesting in our life. And we'll give an example that somebody can actually have light in his house, but because either he doesn't know that the light has come or he doesn't want to on the switch, he will remain in darkness. He has gotten light, but he has not personally activated the light. We saw that the same thing happens also, you know, Not just in the issue of light, but even everything that God has done for us, salvation, um, health. He said, by his stripes you are healed. That is what God has already accomplished. But each person will have to come with faith and personally activate his own for you to begin to work in your life. Everybody has been saved because Jesus has died for everybody. But for your own salvation to start working... You have to come personally and activate your own salvation. So we began to see that there are keys that we must use to unlock, activate God's blessings to begin to flow in our own direction. And last um, Sunday, we began to look at the first key. I'm not going to repeat what was taught. If you are not there, please get the message from our media. And listen to it is very important. We saw... How God was vowing, you know, and speaking so strongly and so seriously about Titan, we saw, you know, in the book of Malachi. He said, prove me in this, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out on you a blessing. Amen. So we are going to look at some other um, keys today. I don't know whether we will finish it, but I promise you, I will not be rushing. In order to finish. So I will just be moving. If we couldn't finish today. Then by next uh, Sunday. We will finish it up. So let's look at. Um, number two. As thanks given. Number two key. That we use. To activate. The blessings of God. To start flowing in our life. You remember we read. Proverbs 10.22. As saying, the blessings of the Lord maketh a man rich, and added what? No sorrow to it. Now, thanksgiving is another key that God uses to activate his blessings, or we can use to activate the blessings of God upon our life. Now, there are two kinds of giving. In the scriptures, one of them is a giving where God Himself will ask you specifically what you must bring. For example, in the book of Leviticus, there are different kinds of offerings: there is burnt offering, there is a peace offering, there is a, what do you call it, sin offering. For each of those offerings, God will tell you specifically what you must bring. For that to be taken care of. But thanksgiving is different. Thanksgiving it is you that will determine what you are going to do what? Give to God. You see that principle in Leviticus chapter 22 verse 29. Leviticus chapter 22 verse 29. If you are there, I would like us to read it together. Leviticus chapter 22, verse 29. Are we there? Okay, let's go together. One, two, go. And when you will offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving unto the Lord, offer it at your own will. That's the law. When you want to offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving, I'm not going to prescribe for you what you will offer. It is you that will offer what you want to offer to God. Praise the Lord. So it's something that God allows us on our own to determine what you are going to use to offer. That is what distinguishes it. So it's actually... You will discover that Thanksgiving has a peculiar nature and a peculiar way of moving God, to act on our behalf, to release His blessings, His favor upon us, because it is like a test of many things. We are going to see them as uh, very soon. Now and then you look at that verse he said, "Sacrifice of Thanksgiving." Sacrifice of thanksgiving. I want us to see more on that in Psalm 107, verse 20 to 22. Psalm 107, verse 20 to 22. Are you there? Okay, he said... Okay, let's start from verse 19. 19 said... Let's read it together. One to go. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh that men will praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Amen. These are set of people that are in trouble. And they cried unto God for help, for deliverance. And God came to their rescue. They were delivered by God. And he didn't just deliver them. He also healed them. Maybe in the course of their trouble, they have incurred some Uh, diseases or sicknesses, he sent his word unto them and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. And then there are three things that he said that this man should do. Number one, this man that has been delivered from trouble, from problem, from sickness, number one is that they should praise God. That is the first way of manifesting thanksgiving. They should do what? they should praise God for his wonderful works. Now, you can praise God for who he is. Eh? There's a song that said, because of whom you are, I give you glory. You are praising God for who he is. But Thanksgiving is, you are not praising God for who he is. You are actually praising God for what? For his goodness. And for his wonderful works. To who? To the children of men. That's the first aspect of thanksgiving. You are praising God for his goodness. And for his wonderful works. To the children of men. Then number two. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving. That's the second aspect of Thanksgiving. As you are praising God for His wonderful works, Father, I thank you for giving me a baby, for giving me health, for giving me life. I praise you, I worship you. The next thing that men should do when they experience a favor from God or you know that God is doing something for you is that you should sacrifice. Sacrifices. Not one sacrifice. Sacrifices of what? Thanksgiving. What is sacrifices of Thanksgiving? You know what a sacrifice is? You get something. And sacrifice it to God. And say to God. This one I give it unto you. That is to say. Thanksgiving is not only. Oh God I thank you. When you are saying, oh God, I'm grateful for what you have done, you should also bring out substance. You are going to use to sacrifice. And you know, the word sacrifice has to do with, oh, I'm doing this thing, it's spending me, but any time you hear the word sacrifice, it means that that thing has some level of inconvenience, pain. It's not convenient to the person that is sacrificing. Are you getting that. So, when You are saying, I am thanking God for his goodness. You also bring out a sacrifice of um, thanksgiving unto him. And then, you know, in Proverbs 3 verse 9, he said, let's read, hold this passage. Let's go to Proverbs 3 verse 9 so that you can understand what we are talking about. Proverbs 3 verse 9. Proverbs 3, verse 9. Are you there? Are you there? Good. Let's read together. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruit of all thy increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Amen. Amen. That verse is saying that the Lord should be honored not just with your mouth. Are you paying attention? He said, honor the Lord with what? What is substance? Who has a simpler version? Maybe good news. What did good news say? Honor the Lord with your wealth. What does it mean to honor the Lord with your substance? Give what you have unto God. That is to say, in, in, you know, when you are thanking God for what you have done, the first thing, go back to that Psalm 107. The first thing is to praise Him with your mouth. When you finish praising Him with your mouth, then you now look at your circum, uh, substance. Eh? And bring out a substance from there and use it to do what? To honor the Lord. Are you following me? Now, Look at that same verse. He said, and declare his works with rejoicing. Declare his works with rejoicing. That is the third aspect of thanksgiving. You have to declare. You have to share. You have to proclaim. Declaration has has to do with testifying of what God has, has done for you. When you have a problem, You see yourself sharing your problem, isn't it? Eh? You meet this person and say, please, I have a problem. Can you help me to pray? Now, when God has answered the prayer, and they say, come and share testimony of what God has done, you say, I am shy. Have you had that kind of thing before? How many of you were healed? Come and testify. But you know you are healed. And you don't want to testify. Of what God has done. You are ungrateful. So there are three things. If God has done anything for you. And you are sure. That it is God that did this for you. Then there are three ways to express. Your thanksgiving to God. What is number one? By praising God for what he has done. Oh that man should praise the Lord. For his goodness. And for his wonderful works. You are worshipping him. You are thanking him. Not just for who he is, but for what he has done for you. How many of us, you agree that it is by God's mercy that you are alive today? Raise your hand. It is God that made you to sleep last night and wake up this morning. Raise your hand. Has God done something for you? You know, sometimes I think about some certain things and it amazes me. If you think that you are a man of God, and because you are a man of God, that God has the uh, you have the right to be kept alive by God, you better go and read history. How powerful men of God have died by accident on the road, by plane crash. I mean, they died not at their old age. Are you not hearing such stories? There's one I heard: the the man, the wife. And the assistants, uh, you know, all of them were in the plane and everything crashed. Powerful man of God. International. So it's not because you are a man of God that you are liable. When the man died, is God not sitting on the throne? Are you getting me? For the gift of, you know, some of you are embittered against God. Why are you embittered against God? You say, why why am I poor? Eh? God made me to be poor. No, it's not God that made you to be, to be poor. The truth is that everybody has chosen what to become. For example, you saw what God showed us about Titan last week. Are you getting it? And many of us, if you are here last week, let me see your hand up. Now, if what God taught us last week, you don't know some of them. Raise your hand. You don't know, you don't know some of them. What God taught us about Titan, you don't know. You don't know some of them. Raise your hand. I mean, before last week, Before last week. So it means that last week, you got to know about it. Has God done something for you? The fact that we are healthy. Eh? (laughs) Have Have you been sick before? Oh my God. It's a terrible experience. And when you get to the hospital currently, you see people like you. So when God has done something for us, one of the ways to keep his blessings flowing... Is by thanksgiving. By thanking him. If you want to get more from him, you must be grateful to him and express it in these three ways. Amen. You must express it by praising him. Number two, by giving him something. The word thanksgiving has two words inside thanks and what? giving. So, as we are saying, Lord, I thank you. The other side, giving has to also come in. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of what? Thanksgiving. And then, not only that, let them declare his works. Let them testify. Let them share the testimony of what God has done. Share it. Don't close it up. Don't hide it. When you share um, hide what God has done. Tomorrow you you came back you come back and say God I want you to do more. He said, "No. When you tell people what I have done, they will know that I am a good God." Amen. And they will have faith and trust in him. Their own faith in God will come up. Do you know that several people have received their own testimony by listening to another person's testimony? Do you know that? Because what testimony does is to you know activate your faith and then you know give you a, a kind of trust in God that if God did this thing for this man, he will do the same thing for me. Praise the Lord. So when we when we thank God, there are three things that we are actually expressing. There are three of them. Number one, we are first of all acknowledging that it is God and his mercies that has done this. Acknowledgement that, oh, the life I'm living today is because of God. Anytime you are thanking God, you are acknowledging that I got admission, not because I was smart, but because God has given me admission. Ah, I had, you know, my baby because God has given me a baby. I got married because God has given me a husband or a wife. Whatever you are, you are just, first of all, acknowledging that God is the source of what you have. That's number one. Number two, you are appreciating God by your thanksgiving. You are saying, God, I'm grateful. I appreciate you. And then number three, you are honoring God. You are honoring God for what he has done. Now let's look at some few examples in the scripture of people that did thanksgiving. The first person is Cain. Look at Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4, from verse 1, the Bible says, Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and begged Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she, say, she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a. Sorry. Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought at the firstling of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wrought and his countenance fell. Praise the Lord. The story of Cain and Abel is a familiar one. They are the first children of Abel. Adam and his wife. And the Bible said Cain was a tiller of the ground, he's a farmer. And then Abel was a shepherd, he's keeping sheep. Now in the process of time, Cain decided to offer an offering of thanksgiving to God. It was not God that asked Cain to offer thanksgiving to him. Are you getting it? Are you getting it? Cain looked at how he planted his vineyard and had fruit. And he said, I need to appreciate God. That's one thing about thanksgiving. I said, God said in Leviticus twenty-two twenty-nine that it must come out of your own will. Are you following me? It is something that you are doing out of your own will. Now, for Abel, he also did the same. He also brought up some animals out of his own will. Not by law. The law of Moses has not come. They were just inspired. They feel like, oh, I need to sacrifice. I need to give to God. It is God that has made this cheap to give birth, and all of that. It is God that has caused all these things to happen. I need to give thanksgiving to God. The Bible says it is a good thing to give thanks to God. It is what? A good thing to give thanks to God. Very good. And then, the Bible now said that God had respect for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he doesn't have respect. How did they know? How did they come to know that God had respect for Cain and his offering? And for Abel, he didn't have respect. You know, when we are small, we are told so many stories. Eh? They told us that the smoke of Cain's, Abel's offering was going straight to heaven. How many of us heard the story? (laughs) Why the, that of uh, Cain was scattered everywhere so it didn't go up? No. In fact, they also told us that it was because Cain's offering was, uh, you know, rotten. Just things that are, but Abel got, you know, the Bible did not say all of this. No. Actually, what disqualifies, you know, first of all, for the Bible to say that God had respect, what I want to first of all bring out is that there was a blessing. Eh? When you give thanks, sacrifice to God, there should be a response from God. There was a physical thing that began to happen around Abel's life. Are you getting it? And Abel began to share the testimony with his brother and say, my brother, since after this thanksgiving I did to God, Kai, I have seen blessings. I have seen increase. And then Ken was saying, ah, it's like after the thanksgiving things got worse. Are you getting what I'm talking about? There was a visible manifestation that resulted in that statement. For them to be able to say, yes, God favored Eber and did not favor Cain. So, that is to say, when your sacrifice of thanksgiving is correct, and your life is correct, because we came to discover that it was actually the life of Cain that was the problem. That's why the Bible says, first of all, he had respect unto Abel first, before his what? Offering. But for um, Cain he didn't regard his person. So, the person doing the thanksgiving is the issue. That is to say, your thanksgiving can be rejected based on your life. It's not everybody that offers things to God. We, We go to church, we see people do thanksgiving and all of that. When your life is not correct, the truth is that your thanksgiving will not be accepted. But that's a different topic. The topic is that there was a Lesson that flowed onto Abel as a result of what is thanksgiving, Hallelujah. Now, look at also the story of Noah in Genesis chapter eight. They just came down from the ark, verse fifteen, and God spoke to Noah saying, "Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife and thy sons." And thy sons' wives with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee. Of all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. And Noah went forth and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing... And every fowl and whatsoever creeped upon the earth after their kinds went forth out of the ark. That's what God said. Go out of the ark. Now everybody look at your Bible and let's read together verse 20. Want to go? Noah built an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelt a smith savour. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more every living thing as I have done. While the earth remained seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, Summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Amen. Now, what is happening here? God saw how Noah on his own. It was not God that told Noah, sacrifice for me. Are you getting what I'm saying? Thanksgiving is not something that God will ask you to do is expecting you because he has created you with a correct brain. He's expecting you to realize what he has done for you. And then, on your own, on your own, you will now say, okay, since God has done this for me, I am going to do what? Thank him. So Noah, after he came down out of the boat, he began to ask himself, so all the human beings and all the animals and everything has died and I was saved. Oh, I need to thank God. Hallelujah. He saw what God did for him and his family. He decided to offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to God. And then he builded an altar. That's another thing about thanksgiving. The altar on which you are thanking God also matters. If you drop your thanksgiving on a wrong altar, on a polluted altar, unsanified altar, then the altar may spoil the thanksgiving. Are you getting what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm talking about? So, he built an altar and then sacrificed clean animals unto God. And say, Lord, thank you for delivering me and my family from the flood. And the Bible said, the Lord smelled what? A sweet savour, a sweet aroma. And when the Lord smelled that sweet aroma, the Bible said, he said in his heart, these are the things I will do, these are the things I will no longer he said, I will no longer destroy the earth like this again. Number two, as long as the earth remained, he established laws. There must be seed time and there must be what? These are blessings. Eh? He said, I will remember that he caused the ground for the sake of man. And he came back now and said, because of this sacrifice of thanksgiving, I reversed the cause. I will no longer cause the ground again. For the sake of man do you understand that now in other words what is he doing now he will not cause, what is he doing he is blessing now remember this thing came as a result of Noah reasoning that i need to thank god for what he has uh, done let's also shake first kings chapter 3 verse 4. there are so many instances that i will just give us just three or four on that on the, you know, how thanksgiving moves God to favor and bless people that did that and did it well. First King, chapter three, verse four. If you are there, let's go together. I want to go? And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. A thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon that altar. Verse 5. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night and said, Ask what I shall give thee. That's, That's okay. The Lord appeared to Solomon and said what? Ask what I shall give thee. You know what happened here? Solomon realized that God has made him the king of Israel. Before Solomon was born, almost all his brothers had been born. He was actually you know, among the last. Eh? You remember that before David took the wife of Uriah? Do you remember the story? Before he took the wife of Uriah, he had had three wives. A big—is it three or two? A big girl, the a big girl of ahinom or so. There are two of them or three of them, and they, in fact—they have sons already. As of the time he was made the king, the Bible was already listing the number of his what sons. So Solomon was not even among the first. Are you getting it? So, and the, there were a lot of battles that went on for that um, position. The first person that rose up was um, Absalom. Absalom. Absalom rose up and said, I'm going to be king. And then he tried his best, it didn't work. Then, after Absalom, why David was still alive, but that time he was now old. I think um, there was one of them again that rose up and said, I'm going to be king. And at the end of the day, that one did not succeed. And then Solomon was just there because he knew that he doesn't even have he's not in the position to be the king. He was just there. And finally, David came up and said, Solomon, my son, is going to be the king. He's going to be the person that will replace me. And finally, it happened that Solomon became the replacement. Oh my God. He realized that he's now the king. And he said, I need to thank God. I need to what? And the Bible says he went to offer sacrifice to God. This is sacrifice of thanksgiving. God did not ask him to do that. Remember thanksgiving. Eh? It must come out of your what? God did not say, Solomon, go and thank me. I'll have, I'm the one that made you king. No, he expects Solomon to know that he has made him king. He should do that. So, he went to thank God. And he offered a thousand... Nobody has done that in history. No body. He was not offering for his sin. He was just saying, Father, thank you for making me a king. And God knew what it cost him to offer 1,000 animals. And the Bible said, the moment he finished that offering, God appeared in the same night and said, Solomon, your thanksgiving has caused me to rise up from my throne. Eh? Just ask what you want me to do for you. How many of you want, wait, want God to tell you that kind of thing? You want God to say, Ask me what you want. Eh? Then you have to offer how many, uh, yeah? One thousand. You know, some of you, to give God one thousand naira, not one, not one thousand Eh? Not 1,000 animals, just 1,000 naira in an offering. Something is telling you that this is what? Too much. Can you give 1,000 naira? Eh? It's too much. And God is watching. Let me tell you, this is the problem. That's one of the, because you know one thing that Thanksgiving does? Thanksgiving is speaking a language to God. Okay, let me ask you a question. Has somebody given you a gift and you feel that this gift is an insult? Eh? Has it happened to you before? Maybe you believe that you are worth more than this. Is there anybody like that here? Eh? Can you just tell us what what is the gift? Let me hear you bro Emmanuel. Amen. Uh-huh. Okay. Amen. Now, you see, the way you normally feel that somebody say, I am coming to thank you. Eh? This one is, you know, when people are dancing, you know, know, they are dancing to go and give their thanksgiving offering. I hope you know what you give on Sundays in churches is thanksgiving. Eh? In Ibo, they call it onyini natiruoma. So, they even know that this is a thanksgiving to receive What? Favor and blessing from God. Now, as you are dancing, God is saying, Oh, this dance is a, you know, at least 2,500 naira dance. (laughs) And He's watching to see what you are going to drop in. And notice that you drop in 20 naira. And you know, this 20 naira, the people selling in the market will reject it. But because you feel that God does not reject now, the thing is, toss somewhere of which if you use it to go and buy nobody will collect it these are the things that blocks favor from the people of god things that hinder the blessings of god because god is judging your heart he's looking at your attitude what are you using to come do you know that the magi the wise men not three wise men the bible did not call them three the wise men from the east they traveled so far to come and honor the newborn king. Why? At least they are wise men because if they are foolish men, there must be a, a reason you can explain that journey as a foolish uh, journey. So look at these foolish people. They left their far country to come and a baby. Ah, What foolishness? No, the Bible said they are wise men. They are wise because they have realized that this is a king. The king of heaven. God coming in a human form. They have gotten administration. And so they wanted to come and honor him. Now that one is not even for what he has done. This one is for who he is. And then they came and they dropped What did they drop? Eh? Powerful gifts! Because they have a value. You know, I don't know whether you know, some of us may not know, that you don't visit a king without a gift. How many of us know that? Maybe you you, you didn't grow up in a really royal uh, environment. If the king comes to your house, you must do what? You must give him something. If it is you that is going to king's house, you must what? So either way, the king must what? But we even know that if people come to your house, you normally offer something to the person. I think it is a good culture that we Igbo people have. Anytime somebody comes to your house, something is telling you you need to offer something, offer something. The word offer Oh what can I offer you so it's not only to God we offer we also offer to man what can I offer you now? will you take more you want to give offering to this person but if it's a king whether you know when you go to somebody's house because you be, you are not a king I mean physical king now because we are kings and priests you are not expecting okay you are expecting the person to especially If you are a calculative person, you say, ah, I remember the day this person came to my house. I offered him, you know, something. So, now I'm going to his house. I believe he will offer me something. And then you go to the person's house and he did not offer you something. How do you feel? Eh? You may not talk, but in your heart, you say, what kind of of treatment is this one? He just came to my house. He did not offer me... I, I came to his house. He did not offer me anything. Kings are different. And God, is he a king? Is he a king? You know, there are certain things that religion has made us to be doing, but we don't understand why we are doing it. Do you know why they normally ask you anytime you are coming before God, come with a gift? Do you know why? I think you should know why now. Because you are coming before, whether the king, if he your house, or you are coming to his house, and you know when you give a king a gift, what does giving a king a gift does? It will attract favor, and when the king of the land is favoring you, what happens? You are just blessed. The queen of Sheba decided to visit King Solomon. You remember the story. Now did she come empty-handed? She came with gifts, but the gift that she went with, which one is greater? Oh my God. That's the way it is. You will visit the king with a gift, but the one that you will attract by that gift will be greater. And you know, what you offer to a man is actually speaking about your, the value you have for the man. Did you get me at all? When a, a, a full-fledged man comes to your house and you give him bubble. You know Bobo? What are you telling the man? Eh? You are a small boy. And we give small boys Bobo. Please manage this Bobo. The man will be very angry. Because the, the gift you have given is your valuation of his personality. That's what we do to God anytime you give. Anytime, number one is that if you understand that he's a king and you are coming before him, see, let me tell you, the culture of thanksgiving is the culture of favor and blessing. Because it's a test. God said, I'm not going to tell you whether it should to do that or not. Physically, you know, everything you see, you think, and do is a reflection of God because God created man in his own image. You did something for somebody. And the person did not come to say thank you for what you have done you yourself are you happy and then when the person come back again and say because uh, I have something again for you to do how do you feel Say, eh, the one I did before you never thank me and you are coming for me to do for you again are you getting what I'm talking about these things are very real and you know if they are not real to you, it means that the devil has planned to keep shitting you of divine blessings, of divine. Last week, you know, we are talking about tithe. Do you remember? And our eyes was open on tithe. Now, another kind of giving that opens the heavens, attracts you know favor from God, you know, is when out of your heart you say, ah. God did this for me. I'm going to thank him. You know, I know in some denominations they said, if you, if you have a baby and you want to do thanksgiving to God for the baby, that, you must, you, that one is a law. Sometimes you see men of God make law because human flesh and stinginess will not allow people to do the right thing. No, it's true. Sometimes most of the things that you know people do and preach on the pulpit, you may say, but these things are not correct. But I don't criticize or blame any man of God. You know why? The kind of way the people treat the man of God, they treat the, the men of God as if they are nothing. You can go and find something that you will do. Because this one is doing is not something. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying now now when you look at such case where people are bringing something to God and what they are bringing to God is not what they are supposed to bring that is when such kind of maybe church or denomination we just sit down and say no we have to make this in a law no if you have a baby, you must come with something that is alive. You know there are places like that. It's a law. How can God deliver you from death? Do you know that delivery is almost a death? Eh? You almost died, but God delivered you, delivered the baby, and you are coming. They believe that that does not work what you are doing if you don't come with something that is alive. But we'll say, hey, but I don't have. You don't have. eh? But the way to have is by bringing that which you have and giving. Do you understand what I'm talking about? But, oh my God, the flesh will not allow people to do what is right. Thanksgiving can be costly because it is a sacrifice. But when you see a man that has known... To thank God well. In this three dimension. In praising him. In honoring him with your substance. And in testifying to people. What God did. Open testimony. Come and see the blessings. Flowing more. And more and more. So sometimes you ask yourself. Why are, why is my life not. Everything I'm doing is a struggle. Eh? But this person. He's always, you know, sharing testimony. Things are always flowing with him and all of that. Check the person's thanksgiving life. And compare it with your own thanksgiving life. The Bible says God is not mocked. Amen. He watches your heart. He's a God of justice. In Jeremiah 9, 23, He said, let him that has wealth, let him not grow uh, glory in wealth. Let not a mighty man glory in his might. But if you want to glory, glory that you know and understand me, that I am the Lord that exercises three things on the earth. Number one, loving kindness. Number two, righteousness. Number three, justice. You say, I am a God that loves justice. And I exercise it. And then in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 3, he said, that the Lord God is the God of all knowledge. He knows everything. Say, so by him, actions are weighed. So when you are saying, I am thanking God for what he has done for me, he will weigh what you are coming with and know whether this is real. Amen. It is these things that gives him a disposition. Oh God, bless me. Oh God, I want this, I want that. I, I was in a church one day. A man of God who is a lecturer in the university. He has been waiting for years for him to be made professor. And they kept on delaying the thing, postponing the thing. So that t- day, they said the man is g- doing thanksgiving. Then he carried all manner of gifts. Both this, bought that, and came to the altar with people and they danced. And he said, he wants to thank God that God has made him a professor. But he has not been made a professor. Say, I'm I'm thanking God ahead of what? The moment he did that, it didn't take long. We don't thank God only for what he has done. We thank God for what is yet to do too. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know, our fourth uh our fourth so, child was a girl. But before she was born, we were believing God for a boy after three girls. Are you getting it? So, but when she was born, in fact, we have named the, the boy and we are prophesying and declaring words of faith. But when she was born, it was a girl. Then, do you know what happened? The child dedication of that girl. Was something else I said to my wife we have to invite all the people we don't used to invite before but what we don't use to in fact her own child education was much more higher and bigger than the other three girls he has done great things for us it's easy to have a child <laughs> and after that Thanksgiving the fifth one became a boy God knows our hearts. He knows your hearts. Are you getting it now? You thank God for what you are expecting. We call it Thanksgiving seed. You sow seed and say, God, I am thanking you ahead of time. What do you expect God to do for you? Thank him for what he has done. See, your life must be full of thanksgiving for your life to be full of favor. Thanksgiving and favor from God, they are connected, they are linked. They are you cannot disconnect the two. How many of you want favor from God? I want God to favor me. Then you must be a man that has mastered thanksgiving. Amen. And then, the last person was in Luke 17, a leper. Came, coming back, there were 10 lepers. From verse um, Luke 17, from verse 11, there were 10 lepers. Eh? Let's read it. It came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he he said unto them, go show yourself. Unto the priest, and it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was cleansed, he was he turned back, and with a loud voice glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was what? A Samaritan. Verse 17 And Jesus answering said, We are there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? there are not found that returned, somebody say returned, returned Returned to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith has met thee. Arise, go your way. Oh, pastor, man of God, I am sick. Pray for me. And then the man of God prayed for you and you get healed by miracle, not by drug. (laughs) The truth is that common sense should have made us to be thankful. Because you ask yourself, how much would I have spent treating myself medically. And sometimes after treatment, the thing will still not go. Am I correct? Sometimes. But you see, see some people, they will not thank God. In fact, a man of God was sharing with me, he said, he prayed for somebody who was having a problem in his leg. And the person has spent, is he 80,000 or over 80,000 in the hospital? And they say, carry your leg, go. I think it's cancer of the leg. Carry your leg, go. We cannot do anything, no. He has spent about 80000 And this man of God prayed for this person. And the leg got healed. By prayer. And he said, do you know that the man did not come back to even thank God? He just said, man of God, do what? Thank you. Yeah. If he's a doctor, will he say that? <laughs> Amen. Sometimes the life you ha- we have if you value it, value your health value what God has been doing for you is enough for you to be saying Lord I'm, I'm thanking you. I think we had a song do you remember our song? Lord I thank you for what? What you have done for me. What you are doing and what you are yet to do. I believe in what you have done I believe that you are doing something. I believe that there are things you are yet to do. Let me say this. It's unfortunate. Most times, some of the things that people suffer is not because they are not righteous, but because they are not thankful. That's the difference between being righteous and being what? Thankful. You can actually be righteous, holy, but not thankful. And you'll be feeling that your righteousness and your holiness is a right for God to keep doing for you what he's doing for you. No. It's not a right. Thanksgiving is a law. That's why God said, we read it, I leave you to decide what to do. Oh, you went for exam, you came back and you passed the exam. Don't be careless. Some people have written that exam for years and they didn't pass it. You need to thank God. You need to appreciate him. You need to do something. I remember uh, some years ago, I graduated from the university. And I felt indebted to God. I said, God, you made me to graduate from the university. What am I going to use to thank you now? I said, okay, let me gather the money I have and then tell the brethren around, if you have money, bring it. Let us use it to go for a mission in the village where we can preach the gospel, minister Jesus to people, and get them saved. I call it Thanksgiving mission. Somebody say Thanksgiving mission. The sole purpose of that mission is to do what? To labor for souls to be saved as a result of gratefulness to God. For what he has done, and for what he's doing, and for what he's here to do. Thanksgiving is powerful. It's powerful and you see nobody will be judging you nobody will be judging you because it's a free thing if you have not thanked god from january to this year nobody in fact the reason why some people give offering in the church you know some churches are very psychological they won't give you a um, bucket eh line by line because if they do that some people so what they do is everybody raise your offering Wave it as a wave of <laughs> You know why they are asking you to wave it? So if you are bringing five so that you quickly change it because you will be ashamed. So they are taking advantage of, advantage of what? Shame. Do you understand it now? And the shame will also make you when everybody in your seat line is going out. Eh? And you are not going out. Next Sunday, what will you do? Nah, eh? so, so only me will sit here. So we say, even if I will not give anything, let me just close my hand and dance like my fellow people that are sitting down there. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, why some people give those kind of things and you think you are shitting God? It's because there is a psychology that is manipulating people's giving. No. If God will test your through giving and through thanksgiving, He just nobody will even know. Just keep thanksgiving box somewhere in the house and then those who who are ready to give to god without any show anybody knowing what you are giving will quietly give there and offer the offering unto him secretly and even god asks us whenever you are giving give so secretly that your next person will not even know what you are doing i get it now your heart will be tested your your sincerity will be tested and it is how god sees your heart And your sincerity that makes him to also know how to bless you. Look at this leper. He came back, only him. He realized that, oh, I need to go back and thank the man that did this. And when he came back, he was falling down. He was worshiping. He was thanking. Ah. And Jesus said, can you see? That's what God is saying. Anytime that he did something for you and you are not thanking at all or you are not thanking well. I am still saying, God, I need the next favor. There was a favor that Jesus did for the leper. Did you notice that? He said, you are made whole. What is the meaning of that? That can mean two things. Listen. Number one is that, you know, when lepers are suffering leprosy, their hands are cut. They have cut hand, cut leg, isn't it? Now, when they hear you of leprosy, the leprosy diseases and the, you know... Organisms has died. The person is now... If you go for lab test, there is no leprosy there again. But the hand that has been caught by leprosy will remain there. Are you getting it now? So by the reason of thanksgiving, the hand was made whole. The leg was made whole. The young man became the way he was before leprosy started. That was a benefit. Another benefit was that Leprosy can never touch his life again till he die. But the other people that did not return to thank God, they are ahead of leprosy now, but tomorrow they can be leprous. Two major advantage. Do you understand? Thanksgiving is powerful. That's why God did something for you. Let's say God gave you a car and you are doing you know what it means to do? Che, che, che. Eh? And as you are sitting they will stay the car. Or the car will have problem, have accidents, have one thing or the other. And you start spending on the car. Because the favor of God is not following the thing. So you see believers struggling, struggling, struggling because we have not developed this culture of what? Thanksgiving. Thanking him, thanking him. On daily basis, you are thanking him. On weekly basis, you are thanking him. On monthly basis, you are thanking him. On yearly basis, quarterly basis, half-year basis, you are thanking him. I have observed, you know sometimes, when people are arguing something, check their life. Check their life. And somebody say, saying, eh, I don't believe in Titan. Check the person's life. Eh? And know what where he is and compare it with the person that is tight i mean faithful tight as god taught us so many things about titan last week when you are doing it the way you should do it god said try me now the same thing with thanksgiving check lives you see what god is doing it's a simple thing so your thanksgiving for what God has done for you now qualifies you for the next favor. Next favor you want from God. If you don't thank Him well, you may be disqualified for the next favor. Amen. So, what is number two key for activating your divine blessings? And the last thing I want to say, which we have said before, is the issue of the life of the person that is thanking God must be correct. Remember that it was Ken's life that caused his thanksgiving to become what? Rejected. So if you are going to thank God and experience his favor, you must ensure that you are born again and your life is correct. You are following him. Amen. There are six keys I have just shared two so let me see if I can just share one one more and we pray for today maybe next time we can now complete the remaining three the next key for activating your divine blessing is the key of kingdom service the key of what Kingdom service. Let's read Deuteronomy chapter 11. Deuteronomy chapter 11. Verse 13. Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 13. Are you there? So let's go together. One, two, go. It shall come to pass, if you shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God, and to do what? To serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, that I will give you the reign of your land, In his due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and thy oil, and I will send grass in thy fields for thy cattle, that thou mayest eat and be full. Take heed to thyself, that thy heart be not deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. And then the Lord's wrath bekindled against you, and he shut up the heaven, that there be no rain, and that the land yield not her fruit, unless you perish quickly from off the good land, which the Lord giveth you. Amen. It's like a bet that if you will hearken to what I'm telling you today, To love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Sometimes people say, but I'm serving God. Why is God not blessing me? Check whether you are serving God with all your heart. Do you know that it is possible for somebody to serve God, but not with all his heart? Eh? I'm serving God. I know that I'm serving God. But he's not blessing me. He's not prospering me. God said, I don't bless people that serve me. I bless people that serve me with what? All their heart. All their soul. What is a soul? The soul of a man is made up of his feelings. His mind. And his what? His will. When you are serving God with all your soul, it means that you are using all your brain eh, to calculate on how the work of God in your hand will go. Go where? You have taken the work of God as your personal business. Because, you know, the difference between a nurse eh, that has a baby. And her baby is sick in her hospital. And a nurse that doesn't have a baby in the hospital is that once the nurse finish doing her shift, let's say her shift is from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., and maybe there is a baby that is dying as she was leaving. Eh, What she does is to hand over the baby to the next person, isn't it? Uh-huh. And then, some of them, some some have the heart, but some of them, will not... W- <laughs> even if the baby is dying at the point of death, you say, ah, my time of work has what? If it is her own baby, would she say that kind of thing? Even if she has a reason of leaving the hospital... Where will her mind be? Where will her mind be if she's on the market, eh, to buy something for the baby? When she buy, buy, she will make a call and say, "Please, what is the state of the baby now?" But if nurse on shift, does she do that? The greatest, you know, instrument of service of God is your mind. Not even this physical thing you are doing, eh? The laborer, all he wants is his day pay after working for the day. Whatever that happens in the site does not concern him. All. Eh? But the contractor, the engineer, you know he's thinking about the site even when he's not in the site. Because he knows that if this building has problem, who will be to be blamed? He's responsible. We are serving God but we are not, we are not responsible enough. The service. It doesn't concern you what is going on. You just came in and you saw a seat and you sat down. Did you know that somebody served God by thinking, oh, this hall is a mess? Five classrooms. Who will arrange it? Who will scrub it? He's serving God with his mind. And he said, Let me go by one so that I will serve God by removing the seats, scrubbing the floor, arranging the seats, and even cleaning it. What is that person doing now? He's serving God. For you, you don't even care. When you just come, you sit down. Then, after hearing the word of God, you go. The what you are coming here has not entered your heart at all. Are you understand what I'm talking about? How are they managing to do all these things? Well, I don't know. That one concerns them. All I know is that any day I have chance, I will come and receive the, that their message touches me. So any time I have chance, I will just come. <laughs> you know, that's the way some people are. I know them. They will not talk to you, but you will see it in their attitude. I say, oh, how many of you want god to bless you Eh? who doesn't want blessing from god god said for my blessing to become active in your life then you must what you must serve me with all your heart all your heart shall be in the service oh when I see some of us that are serving God with all our heart, I became very happy. I'm not God, but I became happy on, on the behalf of God. Because you see, they will take responsibility. They will say, ah, the people that are coming from Ababa, I need to be sure that all of them are here. I need to be sure that they don't have problem with transportation. They are not just doing it because they are being paid. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you look at our brother Joshua now, for example, you see Joshua. Do you know that if we are to quantify the kind of thing he does, because I work with him, so every now and then, we are thinking, we are praying, we are on the walk. Tell me how God will not bless such a person. Eh? At which level, you say, with all your heart, with all your soul, when you are feeling, you are feeling God. Your feeling is part of the service. Oh, I don't want to do what is unpleasing to him, what is not pleasing to him. Because you have a feeling. You are serving God with your feeling. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? But so many children of God, they say we are serving God. There is a need. You will see a need in the house. You will not take responsibility for it. You are not serving God with all your heart. If all your heart is there and you saw that there is a need for urchers that will be helping in urchering people, I see you coming to me and saying, sir, I, I, I don't know. I notice that there is a need for all in this house. Can I be one? That's a responsible servant of God. With all your heart, your heart is coming to what you are, where you are coming. Oh, if you are getting me, let me show. You hand up. You are following me. There are some that they will come late and they will go early. True of us, does it concern me? Whatever they are doing, there let them be doing. Heart is not there, they are not doing anything significant for God. But you know, Jesus said, You cannot serve God, and what just say, anybody who comes and arrange the seats on Sunday, you will get 10,000 naira on your bank account. What will happen, all of you? All of what. Sometimes you test how people compare money and God. Oh, God. God, now God understands, you know. When it comes to God and the things of God, he just says, you know, he's watching our hearts. He's seeing your attitude. He's seeing the way your heart is one side. And sometimes you say, God, bless me, bless me. Eh? Give me a husband. Make my business prosper so that I can have money to marry wife. Give me a baby, a baby boy, a baby girl. I need this, I need that. But how is your service? Are you responsible? Are you taking responsibility of the things that are in the house of God to ensure that God's work is being done the way it should be done? The blessings of God are activated in a man's life when he takes God's business as his own business. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What will happen? Every other thing shall be... Look at the promises here. The promises here are promises to the Israelites because they are agricultural people. The occupation of Israelites is what? What? Agriculture. So God said, when you serve me with all your heart, since you, all of you are farmers, I will make sure that I give the rain of your land in its due season. The first rain will come. The later rain will come. You will gather in your corn, your wine, your oil. I will send grass. to the... See, if you are not a farmer, maybe you are a mechanic. What God is saying is, I will send customers to flood your mechanic shop. He said, I will send grass so that your cattle will eat. I will ensure that everything around your business is moving because you have taken my own as a priority. I've not seen anybody that serve God with all his heart that got abandoned. The problem that people have is that you are not serving God with all your heart. You are just, in fact, you are not taking, even taking God serious. You are like, you know, Am I sure that God is real? Am I sure that he can actually bless me? No. Bring out your strength. Use your strength to serve him. Use your resources to serve him. Use your brain. Your brain. Many of us are very intelligent. But you never sit down to think, how will this brain serve God? What strategy can we use to bring more souls into the kingdom of God? And you are praying, you are are saying, God, speak to me. And you know, when God speaks to you, it takes a sharp brain to understand what God has said. And then you'll be able to get into action of carrying it out. Amen. How many of us, your attitude about serving God is changing today? It's changing. In fact, don't serve God because God will bless you. Serve God because you love God. Are you getting me? Because if you serve God because of the blessing, after serving three months, I need to see anything. What will happen? They say, ah, maybe they say we should serve God and God will bless us. I've served him for three months. My business has not changed What kind of uh, preaching is this one? Uh -uh. Uh -uh. It's worthy of our service. Is he not worthy of our service? He is the one that created us. He is one that gave us life. He is the one that gave us salvation. So we 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 owe nothing. He owns everything. So we serve him because we love him. And when you love him, and let me tell you, you know, some of us are waiting for us to say, uh, uh, we have protocol departments, come and be there. We have uh, media, come and be there, we have this, and we'll we be begging people. No, 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 no no it will not come from your heart if you have considered that i love god and i want his work in my hand to prosper i want to be part of the people that causes things to happen there are two kinds of people people that watches things happen and people that causes things happen ask your neighbor which of them are you in this house (laughs) answer the question demand an answer don't ask question and smile smile away Say, neighbor, I'm not going to leave you today until you answer this question. Where are you? Where do you belong in this family? Are you among those that are observing things happening? Or among those that are causing things to happen here? Where do you belong? Neighbor, answer me, or oh, no be joke. <laughs> Amen. I want to conclude. Uh, let's read Exodus 23 25 and then um. Luke 174, and then we conclude. Exodus 23, 24, 25, and 26. Exodus 23, 25, and 26. Are you there? If you are there, let's read together. One, two, go. And ye shall serve the Lord your God. What will he do now? He shall bless thy bread and thy water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall not cast their young, nor be barren in thy land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. What a powerful promise is. Tied to one thing. What is the one thing that is tied to? Service. Wholehearted service unto God. Wholehearted service unto God. Those of us that are young, serve God with the strength of your youth. Don't waste it. Don't waste it with sin and insane. The people that are old, you know Jesus said in John 9, 4, he said, I must do the work of him that sent me. Because night cometh when no man can walk. Now that you are young, your brain is working, don't use it for pornography. Pornography and masturbation drains the brain of a man. I saw a news where I just saw a news headline on Gogo. If you put Gogo, Nigerian news, you see where a young man that was one of the BB Niger people. He's saying that his brain has gone. I said, Why won't your brain go when you're committing masturbation every day? Medical science research t- say that masturbation causes the man say he cannot remember things anymore. I said your brain has to go because immorality has a connection with the brain. Any student that is doing well and say, I don't know what happened to me after 30 years. I have a question for that student. Did you enter into immorality? The answer is always yes. The answer is what? Always yes. At any point they lose focus. Is because they have gone into Serve God with the strength of your youth. Your focus, your heart, your concentration is on him wholeheartedness and you'll be happy you did so when we graduated okay a a, a set graduated above us in school and one of the young man said to me that he is going straight into full-time ministry i asked him why he said he want to use the youthful age and strength to serve god you know that from this year of graduation till the next 10 years that he is so strong. He wants to employ and apply everything. Oh, that young man loved evangelism. He was our evangelism coordinator. And he went and became a pastor. And he and his wife, they are doing so well in the service of God. With all their hearts. You shall serve the Lord your God. That's your own path. And his own path are so many. Number one, he will bless your bread and your water. What does that mean? He will prosper the works of your hand. That's how to activate the blessing of God. Number two, he will take sickness away from you. Sickness is a devourer. Do you remember the devourer of last Sunday? The devourer. One demon, the name is the devourer. Please, if you did not follow us last Sunday, get the message from our media today and listen to you cannot afford to miss what God downloaded for us last Sunday. It's so serious. In fact, those of us that that we are there should get the message and listen again. Me, I have been listening to every message I preach. I told the media, in 24 hours, I want to have every message I preach because I want to listen to it because sometimes in the pulpit, God is speaking through you. You need to get it yourself. So get it and listen again. It will add more life to you. I will take sickness away. That money you would have spent in the hospital or taking drug or lab tests or those kind of things, he will preserve it for you. That's a blessing. Don't you think so? In fact, what God is doing for me and for my family is to ensure that not even a relation is in the hospital. Because if your brother or your father is in the hospital, won't you be in the hospital? There's a way somebody will get to the hospital. You will leave everything you are doing to go and start sleeping with the person in the hospital. Because somebody must sleep with somebody in the hospital. Three of us. It may not be you that is sick, but somebody is sick and you needed to be there. Your time is going. Your, whatever that. This is a devourer. When God blesses you, He makes sure that everything that will steal your time and. See, let me tell you. I say, if you are healthy, your relations are healthy, and you don't have any reason to be going to the hospital. That's a great blessing. Because the amount of money people spend, if you hear it, it tangles the air. I will take sickness away from you and there shall nothing cast their young. Casting your young means you shall not have miscarriage. Is a blessing. Is a blessing. People that are newly married, you know, Especially believers, the devil always fights them with miscarriage. This is one of the scriptures that we used when we got newly married. Oh, come and see the kind of dream my wife is having every night. All sort of deadly, you know, demonic, you know, evil dreams. You just notice that the devil and his kingdom, they are after this baby. And I told my wife, you must stand up because this baby will not be miscarried. We have a promise in the scripture and I think I'm serving him. Amen. There shall be no miscarriage. You will not bury your child. You know, when we say these things, somebody say, Amen. But amen has what? A condition. You shall not be sick this week. Amen. Look at the condition. You know? It's not only amen that works here. You shall not have miscarriage. Amen. You shall be prosperous. Amen there is a condition. It's here. It's in the Bible. Are you serving the Lord with all your heart? And then the number of your days I will what? I will fulfill. God knows the number of your days. And he said, I will fulfill it. That is to say, some people will not live up to the number of their days. I hope you know that. They will not. Except God is there watching to ensure that the number of your days is fulfilled, the devil is very smart. He can cut it short. And the only person whose number of days will be fulfilled is the person that God himself is watching over to ensure that nothing cuts your life short. Do you want that kind of blessing? Then you must serve the Lord your God. It's a key that activates divine blessing. Finally, let's read Luke chapter 1, verse 74 and 75. Okay, as we are turning there, let's say thank you. You know our thank you. Let's go. One to go. Thank you for granting us that we, being delivered from the hands of our enemies, we serve you without fear in holiness and righteousness before you all the days of our lives. That's Luke 174 and seventy five. That's where it was gotten. that the reason why he delivered us is so that we will serve him. We'll serve him. If you are waiting for somebody to say, okay, go and win souls, go and bring souls to to God, to the kingdom of God, invite people to discipleship, bring them to God so that they can be saved, then you don't love him. You don't love him. Those who love the Lord, nobody asks them to serve the Lord. Out of love. Eh? Nobody on their own you see them making effort those who doesn't love the lord even if you say please all of us must come with one person next sunday they say yeah let me come myself before i start looking for who i am going to come with but those who love the lord and they are serving him they are they don't need to be told such things on their own they are saying to the lord i want to do something that will please you that will make you to be happy that will make you to oh secure first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What happens? Every other thing shall be added. I said, we must serve him in holiness and in what righteousness. So you don't just say, I am serving God when you are still living in sin. I'm serving God when you are still telling lies. I'm serving God. That's what so many people do. They say they are in the band. Have you seen this kind of uh, band people? that we only come to play instruments. After playing instruments, the next minute they are smoking cigars. cigar. Have you seen that, those people? If you ask them, what are you doing in the church, what would they say? We are serving the Lord. So we even ask you, "Prepare me before I will, I will serve God. Eh? In fact, have you heard of the band people going on strike? Because the pastor or the priest is not treating them well they say all of us we do what on strike let him know that we are somebody in this church that is the flesh these are people that are strangers in the house of god they are not part of the house how they entered is what we don't know <laughs> eh so if we must serve him we must serve him you know with all our hearts and it must be in holiness you must be born again first. Born again and have the life of Jesus in you. So that He can accept your service. He can accept your sacrifice and be able to bless you. Can you pray now? We have two keys that God spoke to us and opened our eyes about today. You have about five minutes to pray and say to God, I am sorry the ways I have not been thankful. For what you have done, I have not brought the sacrifices of thanksgiving. I am sorry for the ways I have not been serving you. With all my heart, I have not been taking responsibility of services in your house. Lord, forgive me. Today, I make a U-turn. Today, I make up my mind that I'm going to take responsibility of services in your house. I will not you know see the things that are going on go wrong without taking responsibility. God is doing a new thing, God is raising a new generation, God is doing something powerful, and I want you to take note because He is going to take us to the next level. The blessing of the Lord make it rich. But there is a way to to activate it upon your life. There is a way to activate these blessings. Wholehearted service to God. Wholehearted service to God. He doesn't owe any man. Do you love him enough to serve him? Thank you for listening. We trust you are blessed by God's word. This message and many more can be downloaded from our website. www.calvaryonline.org for testimonies, counseling and prayers, you can send an email to Calvaryway Revival Labels at gmail.com or call 080-65607999. You could also follow us on all our social media platforms at Calvaryway Revival Labels.